This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So the Omicron madness continues. Glenn Greenwald was on Tucker last night and confirmed something I've been telling you the entire time about the body blows to freedom. That'll make sense in a second. More disgusting details emerge in the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, uh, which I think should be getting a whole lot more media coverage and uh, isn't. Should be getting a ton more media coverage. Fact checkers are on that, by the way, of course. And a video emerged from the Kenosha Police Department on the uh, Rittenhouse trial. That's really disturbing. Shows you that the media is lying to you again. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. I've got that. Also, Twitter finally admits what we've known the entire time, fellas. Twitter is not a platform. It's a publisher. They've now (laughs) admitted it. It, It's clear as day. They put it in their own terms of service because they're really stupid. That's who Twitter is. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Joe, let's go. And they're off. Yes, sir. Yeah. A little warm tea there, my throat. Feeling good. Thank you for all your concern. Had another, you know, battle with Geraldo last night about vaccine mandates. And I appreciate all your concern. I was telling everyone last night how I just got over this Rona thing. But things are fine. I feel pretty good. I had a rough 36 hours and that was it. So thank you again for all your concern. You're wonderful people. And it means a lot to me. It really does. So the Omicron madness continues. Now, one of the things I've been talking about on this show for a while, because anybody can talk about the news of the day, but why the news of the day matters to you, that's why you're here. That's why I wake up in the morning. You all have real jobs. I talk for a living, okay? You all have real jobs. You're getting it done. My job is to explain to you why things matter. The reason I've explained to you the media engages in these constant fear porn campaigns over the Delta variant, the Omicron variant, the Gamma variant, the new variant, Delta 5 variant. It's like a Greek fraternity. The reason they do this is they want to soften you up. They need you scared. Only people who are scared voluntarily give up their freedom. Uh, freedom. The media are full-time liberal activists. There's nothing liberal activists want more than to have you scared so you'll voluntarily, voluntarily surrender your freedom. Your body sovereignty, you'll allow them to inject you with a vaccine whether you want it or not. People only do that and give up sovereignty over their own body when they're scared. It's a constant, constant fear porn campaign. Now, I told you liberals love this. That's why you see liberals engaged in the fear porn campaigns every time a variant comes out. And you see conservatives saying, everyone calm down. Please calm down. Everyone. Panic will not get us through the day. Liberals are the ones, everyone's going to die, everyone. All this, they're the ones doing that. Now, I've been saying to you for a couple of weeks now that this is clearly an orchestrated strategy, and I'm calling them the body blows to freedom. 
The left is slowly chipping away at all of your freedoms, your economic freedom, your healthcare freedom, the freedom to send your kid to a school you want, the freedom to run your business like you want, the freedom for banks to give loans to who they want. The left is chipping at all that, and the big, the gold standard of chipping away at freedom is going to be chipping away at the freedom of your body sovereignty. When the left can get you to believe that you are not sovereign over your own body and what goes into your body, ladies and gentlemen, when they get you to believe that, it is over. The game over. The verdict is in. Freedom loss. Here's Glenn Greenwald last night on Tucker. He's asked about this new uh, seven-day quarantine that's uh, supposedly being proposed by the Biden administration if you travel back to the United States, even after a negative test or if you're vaccinated, right? And Greenwald says, like, hey, man, it feels like we're being conditioned here for something. Yes. Yes, we are. Check this out. As an American who lives abroad, what's your reaction to this? I was just thinking about that, that I have several trips planned. And it is hard to express or put into words how divorced the discourse around COVID is in the United States from the science that we were all supposed to follow. If you have a negative test, if you're vaccinated, what conceivable justification is there for even considering such a grave deprivation of liberty as forcing you for seven days to lose the core freedom of movement over a virus that we're told there's an effective vaccine for? I feel like we're being trained to simply accept the assertion of any authority in the name of safety without even questioning it any longer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, Joe. They're the Soviet Nets. Good time. We haven't heard that in a long time. Good. I like that. Perfect timing for the intro to the Soviet Nets. <laughs> this is exactly what's happening. I really genuinely wish that moderate, sane Democrats, if there are any left out there, you would see what is happening. This has nothing to do with a vaccine or a variant. Nothing. They are training you to automatically respond to an increased government presence in your life. Wear a mask, get the mandate, give us your money, give us your kids, give us your health care. They're training you to just by instinct respond and say, yes, sir, and never question it. And people are falling right in line. Not the conservatives or liberty lovers who listen to the show, but the so-called moderate Democrats are playing along with this game. This has nothing to do with the vaccine. It was the Democrats questioning the vaccine while Trump was in office. Nothing changed. The only thing that changed is Biden's in office now. It was never about the vaccine. It's a body blow to freedom. They are softening you up. They want you. You ever box? Keep your hands up. When you start hitting people in the body, the elbows go down. You want to protect the ribs. And what happens? Boom, right in the face. They're softening you up. It's so transparently obvious. This happens slowly, this process. It doesn't happen overnight. Ladies and gentlemen, when freedom disappears, the the people trying to take your freedom, liberals, their activist friends in the media, big government socialists, the squad crowd, the uh, Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden uh, posse, they don't want to create a foil, a diamond on a black background. They don't want to create a sharp contrast. What do you mean, Dan? When they take your freedom, they don't do it right away because then you know it's gone. If one day they tell you, hey, you're not allowed to drive anymore, you'd notice your car was missing. You'd be like, well, that sucks. I don't want to walk to the grocery store. 
So what they do is they chip away slowly and slowly with new regulations, making it more tedious. Here, it's going to be tough to get a car. You got to get this kind of car. It's got to be at this cost. You're going to get a subsidy for this. They slowly chip away at these things over time so that you don't notice the loss of freedom. It's kind of like when you lose weight gradually, you don't notice anything. You don't. You lose a pound a week for 52 weeks. You don't notice anything. And yet you see a friend you haven't seen in a year like, oh my gosh, you lost a lot of weight. They notice it. We're the ones who, we're those people. We're the friend. The liberals are the guy losing each week a little bit of their freedom and they're not noticing any of it. In order to do that, though, they need to recruit useful idiots in the culture to slowly chip away at your freedom and body sovereignty. That's why this vaccine mandate is so central to them. That's why they've drawn a red line over this vaccine mandate. They want to get you to believe you're not sovereign. You are not lord over your own body. And if you are not sovereign over your own body, you have nothing. They need useful idiots to do it. Here's one of them yesterday. Just a clown, Jim Cramer, on whatever show he does on whatever network. I don't watch it. But Jim Cramer, who claims to be some stock tip guy, here's one of those useful idiots with the assist right here, who apparently has no idea about how the efficacy of the vaccine sadly have gone down and is all in for this vaccine mandate and suggests here what the military should be involved. Here, this is a useful idiot. This is how they chip away slowly but surely without creating a foil effect right away. Check this out. Now we're engaged in a similar struggle with COVID and Eisenhower would be aghast. We have immunocompromised people who are incubators for every variant to come walking around lawfully unvaccinated. That's psychotic. We have companies that have tried hard to get people vaccinated and now backing down. We have governors who want to be president by grandstanding on a foolish state's right issue, the right to get sick and get other people sick. So it's time to admit that we have to go to war against COVID. Require vaccination universally. Have the military run it. If you don't want to get vaccinated, you better be ready to prove your conscientious objector status in court. And even then, you need to help in the war effort by staying home until we finally beat this thing. He's like, isn't this guy supposed to be talking about stock investment? No, he's a genius. He's, he's, out, he's so far outside his lane. I had, um, I spoke to, uh, what was it, Steve Dace yesterday, I think, on the radio. I think it was him who said this on my radio show. And was it Dace or some, I'm, I'm, forgive me if I'm getting it wrong, but the point is valid regardless. He said, the problem we're living with now, oh no, it was a caller. It was a caller to the radio show. It was a great call too. Is that people are constantly getting outside their lane. They're getting outside their lane and encroaching on the lane of individual liberty. Your life is yours. Your choice is yours. As long as you don't break the law and violate the civil rights of someone else, leave me the F alone. Thank you. But now you've got people in one lane. Jim Cramer, supposed stock tip advice guy, right? Who I questionably is even that smart on that. Who now has deemed himself a virologist, epidemiologist, and public health expert talking about getting the military involved in a nationwide vaccine mandate effort that would affect everyone across the country. And it's coming from a stock tip guy? A stock tip guy. You see how the individual lane of liberty is being encroached upon by everyone? By Fauci, by Biden, by bank regulators, by corporate America. All of these people encroaching on your individual rights? Useful idiots. Radical leftists have required useful idiots for the gradual diminution of liberty throughout human history. Jim Cramer fills that role perfectly of a useful idiot. A guy who may be an expert, questionably, in one lane, stock tips, who then inserts himself into public health questions 
claiming some, does he even understand the Constitution? You're going to get the military to drag people out of the house to jam a vaccine into their arm? Is this serious? Are you this stupid all the time? Lord of the idiots. Really? I mean, seriously. What a dope. Stick with the stock tips, please. I don't even take your stock tips. Here's a bit of good news on this, the vaccine mandate, the body sovereignty issue, folks. I think the tide is turning. I think the federal judiciary system has woken up to this massive overreach of the Biden administration. The Biden administration has taken it upon itself to use two federal bureaucratic entities to institute a vaccine mandate that is so clearly unconstitutional that I believe even Democrat-appointed judges are going to see it soon. Here's a story in the Wall Street Journal. A judge yesterday, Laura Casisto, wrote the story. Judge temporary blocks Biden vaccine mandate. It was a ruling issued in Louisiana which questions the constitutionality of the administration's requirement. The Biden administration is using two entities. Pay close attention to this because Biden can't unilaterally do anything. He's using OSHA, the Occupational uh, Safety and Health Administration, to go and supervise workplaces to institute the vaccine mandate in the workplaces with 100 employees or more. And it's using the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS. It's using them to say to hospitals, if you get any funding from us and you don't do a vaccine mandate, we're pulling the funding. Both of those things are on hold because of uh, because of the courts. Because they don't have the authority to do either one of these things. CMS can't withhold funds as punishment. Tried that under Obamacare. And OSHA is supposed to regulate workplace threats. Workplace specific threats, folks. OSHA can't regulate against the flu because society has a problem and someone might come into work with the flu. That's not a workplace threat or a workplace specific emergency. That's a general threat. What's OSHA going to do next? Find people for not eating broccoli because their cholesterol's high? Oh, but it's a threat to the workplace. Joe, you come in with high cholesterol, you can have a heart attack on the machine. You see what happens when the government becomes a government run by bureaucrats rather than elected officials? Biden knows this is unconstitutional. He doesn't care. He's telling his goons, tell every all these companies, even though the courts have all of this on hold, move ahead anyway. Don't move ahead. Do not move ahead. You are going to lose companies and you could be sued later. Hold the line on these dreadful, immoral, unethical, unscientific vaccine mandates. Hold the line. Now, again, a bit of good news. I said, is the tide turning? I think it is. The Republicans may be ready to fight here. That's because of you. Folks, the do matters. You should be calling your congressmen, calling your senators today and telling them where do they stand on these unethical, immoral, unscientific vaccine mandates. Are the Republicans ready to fight? It appears they are. Mike Lee's been leading this effort, by the way, from Utah. You read this Axios article, be in my newsletter today, bongino.com slash newsletter. It's a good one. Republicans threaten to shut down the government over vaccine mandates. Yeah, good. Good job. Well done. Shut it down. Shut it down. They're saying to the Biden administration, you want money to institute these vaccine mandates? We're not going to support your continuing re- re- uh, resolution. Continuing revolution is probably a better way. To, that wasn't a Freudian slip. We're not going to support it. Finally, stand up. Do something. Do something. 
Stop the body blows to freedom that Glenn Greenwald and I have been talking about for a while. They are training people, training them to give up the idea that they're sovereign over their own body. This is all deliberate. This is not done by accident, ladies and gentlemen. It is all a deliberate act. Stop it now. It is time to do not talk. Call them today and demand they shut it down if they are going to move forward with this immoral and unethical action. Shut it down. It's our red line, too. You give up sovereignty over your body, ladies and gentlemen. This fight is all over. All is effectively lost. All right, here's what I got coming up. I got some more disgusting details in this Ghislaine Maxwell case, which is just really grotesque. 14-year-old girls, folks. Girls. Disgusting, filthy allegations. I got that, and I've also got this Kenosha PD video, which proves again the media does nothing but lie all the time, every time, all day. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Okay. Sadly, folks, this tragedy continues. Um, I had a fact checker attack my page on Facebook yesterday, which is uh, unbelievable. Um, I had made the allegation, I will continue to, that this Ghislaine Maxwell trial isn't getting nearly close to the media coverage it deserves. It is an enormously important case. It is a tragic case, but it's a case about a lot of things. It's a case about power. It's a case about politics. It's a case about a bifurcated society, justice for some and not justice for others. And I don't think the media has given this thing enough coverage. Fact checkers, shockingly, I don't know what they were doing. AFP, some guy Richard something at AFP, fact check pages who said that, no, 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 the media is covering this just fine. Uh, really? That's a fascinating fact check. We're covering for, what are we doing now? We're, we're covering for alleged child abusers? Because we've called the media out for not covering this case more? This is what the fact checkers do. Now. I'm not kidding. That happened yesterday. They took it down because it was so ridiculous. But that is my opinion. It's not a a fact-checkable item. This story should be everywhere, all over, front page every day. It's a disgusting story from the New York Post. I'm not going to read all the details because they're particularly gross. But from the story yesterday, headline New York Post, quote, they just turned this into an orgy. First accuser testifies at Ghislaine Maxwell trial. A woman who says she was sexually abused by Jeffrey Epstein testified on Tuesday that Ghislaine Maxwell helped lure her into his orbit when she was just 14. 
and described how the depraved duo were, gi- duo were giggling when they first molested her together. <clears throat> Folks, the case is gross. And it's an important case because it appears Jeffrey Epstein was connected to a lot of politically influential and financially influential people. How long did people know about Jeffrey Epstein? How many people were involved in this? Did people know about these allegations of molesting young girls and 14-year-olds? Did they hide it? If they did, they should go down as accessories to this as well. Why isn't this case getting more coverage? The fact checkers like, oh, I got a few come in the New York Times and Washington Post. This case should be everywhere. Everywhere. Why did this guy with all this money and all this influence, why was he allowed to do this or allowed to get away with this for years? For years. Here's another one. Daily Caller, an update on the case. The FAA accidentally reveals 704 previously unknown Epstein flights. Who was on those flights? Apparently a lot of famous people. A lot of influential people. Now, the pilot yesterday testified she didn't see any activity with underage girls. <clears throat> that uh, they didn't see activity there. We'll keep you updated on this case. We're not letting it go. But I'm telling you, and I've said yesterday and I'll say again today, one of the reasons I believe this isn't getting more media coverage right now is because this guy was very well connected. This guy knew a lot of people, and I think they're deeply afraid of his communications, his emails, the videos, everything. That's one reason. Another reason, it doesn't have so much to do with the media coverage, but another reason that has me concerned. <clears throat> Folks, Epstein had some deep connections to governments. And as I said to you before, is there video out there of Epstein that Epstein did not know about? We keep hearing about these Epstein tapes that Epstein had, which he obviously knew about. They were his tapes. But I've been told by some that there may be other tapes out there that Epstein did not know about. Where he can't control the content. Hopefully we'll hear more about that soon. Very, very deeply disturbing story. Talks, I mean, it really, the influence of power on our society. All right, let me move on. I'm going to follow that the rest of the week. This is a quick story, but an important one. So remember the Rittenhouse trial. The NBC reporters, MSNBC, was banned from the courtroom by Judge Schroeder because there were allegations that a, uh, a cameraman was following, was blowing through a red light to follow the jury bus to the court, which could be reasonably construed as juror intimidation and stalking. Obviously, you don't know who that is. So the police pulled over this cameraman for NBC. Now, NBC proving again, another golden rule, we got to add to the golden rule file that never ever believe the media's first story, give it 24 to 72 hours, the Bongino rule, and it will likely be debunked. NBC had said, no, we weren't following the jury pool, the jurors in the bus. That You were mistaken, quote, mistaken as to the individual's intent, suggesting somehow, oh, I don't know, he was just on the road randomly and happened to be behind the juror bus blowing a red light. Well, of course, as always with the media, that was a lie. Like everything the media does is a lie. Now we've got the body cam. Here's some of the body cam video from the Kenosha Police Department officer who pulled over this cameraman. And you'll hear the cameraman gives the Kenosha PD officer the phone from the MSNBC producer who told him to follow this bus. 
And you'll hear all of a sudden, she's like, oh, after stumbling and stammering and terrified that she's talking to a cop, she finally admits something about the jurors. Wait, I thought that, I thought it had nothing to do with the jurors. Here, here for yourself. We were just trying to respectfully, um, just trying to see if it's, um, if it's possible to, um, to find any leads about, um, about the, the case. And so we were, we, uh, we were just keeping our distance, um, just to see like where, um, people involved in, in the, in the trial, um, are positioned. They're, by no means were we trying to get in contact with any of, any of the jury members or whoever's in the car. We just were, um, trying to see like where, um, where, Key players in the trial may be at. Oh, so she admits that they knew those were the jury members, but don't worry. We were just, we weren't trying to get into contact with any of them. The guy was just following them. Everything these people tell you is a lie all the time. Everything. These people are vultures. Vultures. They are liars. You were mistaken as to the individual's uh, intent. Well, what was his intent? You just admitted you knew those were jurors. So what was his intent? Can you please provide an, an alternate explanation today? Where are the fact checkers, by the way? Fact checkers on that? Too busy uh, questioning if Nancy Pelosi's moving to Florida or if there's enough or not enough media attention on the Ghislaine Maxwell trials. People are disgusting. There is no more dangerous force in America than the fact-checker media misinformation symbiote right now. Nothing. Idiots. They lied again, and they got busted. <clears throat> okay. Um, this next story is important. It involves Twitter. And sadly, Twitter has become the epicenter of the new public square. I wish it hadn't. I wish early on we would have known before Twitter exploded. I remember the early days of Twitter, by the way. Um, I was in business school at Penn State. And I was on one of my externships and I remember I turned on the TV and there was a news story about CNN and uh, what's that actor's name? <clears throat> Mila Kunis is uh, Austin, Austin Kutcher, Aston Kutcher. Uh, forgive me if I'm getting his name wrong. I don't know. But the Kutcher, Aston Kutcher, that's his name. This Kutcher kid and CNN, Twitter was brand new. They were racing to see who would get more followers first. And I remember everybody thinking, gosh, what's Twitter? Yeah, I'm that old at this point. I remember that. If we only would have known at the time that Twitter would morph into the largest fountain of misinformation and left-wing activism in America, we would have handled it early, created an alternate platform earlier and cut them off. We have alternate platforms now. You have Parler, you have Getter, you have Truth Social coming out from Donald Trump. And it's important for you to set up an account on all of these entities. It matters, folks. Do it now. Don't wait. Because Twitter has finally admitted it's a publisher, not a platform. They are so stupid. They finally admitted it and they put it in writing. Now, why this matters is critical. <clears throat> Section 230, which protects platforms, not publishers, from lawsuits, is a government-sanctioned protection racket for social media companies so if they're sued, they have an excuse right away and they get out of the lawsuit. Now, Publishers don't have that privilege, folks. I have Bongino.com, the New York Times as New York Times.com, Wall Street Journal, WSJ.com. 
If the Wall Street Journal, WSJ.com, were to publish an article about someone defaming them, clearly lying with malicious intent, the Wall Street Journal can be sued. They have no Section 230 protection at all. If someone does that, however, on Twitter, publishes the exact same information, the person can be sued, but Twitter's going to say, hey, you can't sue us. We're not a publisher. We're just a neutral platform. You got to sue the person. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. This is one of the most important tech issues of the day. You got to understand Section 230. It makes a distinction between basically media publishers and platforms. Twitter has claimed the entire time we're entitled to legal protection as to what people post on our platform because we're just a neutral platform. We don't pick and choose what we put out there. We're not a publisher. Oh, you don't. Really? So the distinction, so we do this logically because there are liberals listening who are very slow, between a publisher and a platform is a publisher vets information, chooses what goes on their page, and therefore they're liable for it. A platform doesn't vet it. They're not responsible. Anyone's free to post outside of the specific 230 restrictions. Not anymore, folks. Hat tip Shem Horn on social media, on Twitter. Here's their own terms of service now. Twitter, look at the highlights. They're talking about this new policy when an individual depicted in a photo or their authorized representative, if they don't consent to having their private image or video shared, Twitter says they'll remove it. However, read, listen, listen. This policy is not applicable to media featuring public figures or individuals when media and accompanying tweet text are shared in the public interest or add value to the public discourse. Oh, that kind of sounds like a publishing decision to me, doesn't it? Yeah. So, when tw- so Joe, just to be clear, if you publish on Twitter a photo of Brian Stelter and it doesn't add to the public discourse, Twitter can make a publication decision and pull that down. But if it's a photo of me that I don't like, they can say, no, it's in the public interest. Those sound a lot like publication decisions to me. Mm. Oh, it goes on, by the way. Here's their terms of service. They're admitting they're a publisher right here in writing. However, if the purpose of the dissemination of private images of public figures or individuals who are part of public conversation is to harass, intimidate, or fear or silence them, we may remove the content in line with our policy against abusive behavior. Let me translate what Twitter's saying for you right now. Twitter's saying double-barreled middle finger to the government. Section 230 doesn't mean jack squat to us. We are now going to make publication decisions based on images of public figures. If the public figures are Republicans, we're probably going to allow it up. If they're Democrats like Hunter Biden, we'll probably pull that down. Why are they doing this? Well, I explained a little bit to you yesterday. I'll go into a little bit more detail now because it's another reason for you. I'm not suggesting you get off. I don't publish any original content there for me anymore. I do it on a, on Parlor and Locals. But now is the time. Locals, Parlor, Getter, Truth Social. Make sure you get accounts on these platforms. Today's the day to do it. Yes, I do have an equity stake. I do put my money where my mouth is with some of these platforms. I don't, however, with Getter. I'm telling you what to do uh, here is to give you an off-ramp to the censorship. I know it's coming. You take Whether you take my advice or not is up to you. Totally up to you. What is this really designed to do, this new Twitter policy? Let me translate. Project Veritas, James O'Keefe's group, has done 
immeasurable damage to the left. Their investigative reporting and their undercover videos have decimated the left on voter fraud, a number of different topics, CNN's media bias. The left knows Veritas, Andy No, and others who videoed Antifa and BLM malfeasance, Drew Hernandez, Richie McGinnis, others who've done individual uh, independent reporting. Those people have done immeasurable damage to the left. Twitter needs a way to censor them. Hence the terms of service. James O'Keefe puts up a video of a public figure and we don't deem it in the public interest. We're just going to pull it down and suspend your account. They're admitting it now. They're admitting their publishers. They're not hiding it anymore, folks. This is a direct assault on Andy No, exposed Antifa and Project Veritas, who've exposed the left. A direct assault. All right, let me get to my um, uh, my next sponsor. And here's what I got coming up. Jen Psaki just gets wrecked again. The administration can't stop lying. Everything they've been telling you about inflation is wrong. Everything. Everything they've been telling you about inflation is wrong. I got truth time with Thomas Sowell coming up later too. But they just got wrecked again yesterday and caught in another lie as Jerome Powell, our terrible Federal Reserve chairman, finally had to admit inflation's out of control. Okay, so this was just a couple of weeks ago. It's Jen Psaki, less than a couple of weeks ago. This is video of Jen Psaki talking about inflation. Folks, inflation is, is everywhere a monetary phenomenon. When you print more money to chase fewer and fewer products and services, the products and services fetch more money and inflation happens. This is not complicated. However, Jen Psaki, because Biden wants to print more money to pay for his Build Back Worse plan and his dreadful non-infrastructure infrastructure bill, Jen Psaki doesn't want to take the blame for any of this. So they, they were uh, uh, touting the company line <clears throat> um, for, for months now that inflation's just transitory, folks. It's just transitory. Don't worry. I Meaning it's going to disappear soon. It's just a one-time, one-month, couple-month thing. It's going to go away. No worries at all. Here's Psaki just a couple weeks ago, less than that, actually, talking about, hey, economists are telling us, don't worry about inflation. Yeah, don't worry. Dust it off, folks. No worries at all. It's only transitory. She's having a hard time now finding an economist, however, saying that. But here's her just a couple of weeks ago. What officials have previously said they think inflation is transitory. Is that still the view of the White House right now? That's the view of the Federal Reserve and outside economic experts, most importantly. It is? It's the view of the Federal Reserve and economists? It's funny because I can find a whole bunch of economists telling you that's false. Stephen Ratner. These are Obama-era economists. Larry Summers. That was a bunch of people. Those are just the Democrats. I could give you a hundred other uh, conservative economists and friends of mine with deep experience in economics who will say, this is not transitory. So Saki said there that the Federal Reserve holds this view now that inflation's transitory. No worries. Well, that's apparently changed. He was Jerome Powell up on the Hill yesterday, our Federal Reserve chairman, saying, yeah, maybe it's time we scrapped that transitory thing. We had a 2% inflation target. That's not quite working out for us anymore. When the Federal Reserve starts panicking, folks, it's time for everybody else to say, holy Moses, things ain't going too well. Now we got even Jerome Powell admitting, eh, we don't really have the lid on this thing we thought we did. You doubt me? Here, check this out. Well, I think the word transitory has different meanings to different people. To, to many, it carries a time, a sense of, uh, of short-lived. We, we tend to, 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 to use it to mean that it, that it won't leave a permanent mark uh, in, the, in the form of higher inflation. I think it's 
it's probably a good time to retire that that uh, word and try to explain more clearly what we mean. Yeah, maybe it's a good time for that, Jerome. Maybe it is a good time to explain clearly what you mean by higher inflation not being transitory. Maybe it'd be a great time for that. It's probably way past time. Folks, they don't have a lid on this thing. The problem with inflation is it turns into a downward spiral. What happens with inflation is as it gets worse, and inflation gets worse and people think prices are going to go up and up and up, people start to buy things before the price goes up. Which does what? Which shrinks the supply of those things as more people start to hoard them. Which does what? Creates a supply crisis of those things, which creates even fewer products. Which does what? Has more money as it's being printed, create, uh, uh, chasing fewer and fewer products, which creates even worse inflation. It is a downward spiral. That's the problem with inflation. That's why people like me and a lot of credible, serious, conservative thinkers on this side of the aisle have been saying for a while, you better get a damn lid on this thing now because once it gets out of control, there's no turning back. The inflation, good money is always chased out by bad money. Folks, this is going to make it very, very difficult to buy stuff, to plan for the future, to as producers start to pay more. This is going to be a disaster. We need to get a lid on this now before people start to expect ex uh, inflation and start to hoard items, creating an even bigger supply crunch. I promise you, at this rate, this is not going to get any better. Before we move on, let me just stress a few uh, stories as well. They're not in the uh, rundown today, but that uh, school shooting in Michigan yesterday uh, just a really troubling story, but again, speaks to the importance of preparedness. Those those uh, young men and women in the school in Michigan where uh, the, um, the attacker was knocking on the door claiming to be a sheriff's deputy and the kids who had barricaded the door in the classroom were noticeably concerned that this guy was full of it, did not open the door. They probably saved a lot of lives. And to the... Uh, the football player, the young man who tried to take this guy down. God rest his soul. is a real hero. But it shows the importance of talking to your kids about this kind of stuff. They were very, very perceptive to catch something was wrong. They didn't open that door. They probably saved a lot of lives. I've got that story. And also, we will keep you updated throughout the week on the Dobbs case going on in the Supreme Court right now about abortion. It is a very important case. It involves a number of critical items on abortion and preserving life. This could be a landmark case. My fear is that John Roberts uh, is going <clears> to <throat> sabotage the whole thing. I mean, technically, we have a 6-3 conservative majority, but they're totally unreliable. Amy Coney Barrett and uh, Kavanaugh have not turned out to be reliable conservatives. But I didn't forget the story. I got a few emails on it yesterday. Um, we'll keep you updated on that case as we hear oral arguments, which start today. Okay. Um, let me get to this because it's an important story. Uh, but in, uh, it's by Aaron Mate, who is not a conservative, folks, but he's an actual journalist. I say that because the media wants you to believe that uh, the conservatives are a source of uh, truth on the, on the Russian collusion story and that no one on the liberal left is buying it. It's not true. There are people on the left who are journalists who are starting to wake up to the fact that the collusion thing was a hoax the entire time. It's not just the domain of conservatives is what I'm getting at and poorly explaining there. Aaron Mate and others, Glenn Greenwald, these are not, again, conservatives. They have called out the media on the collusion hoax for a long time. 
This is a spectacular article. I can't recommend it enough. It's in my newsletter today, Bongino.com slash newsletter. It's long, but it's worth your time. You know, I wrote a few books on this. It's an interest of, it's an area of concern for me. I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm just going to go through one, but it's about five Trump-Russia collusion corrections we need from the media now, and that's just for starters. We must demand, where are the fact checkers on this again? Too busy checking Nancy Pelosi's Florida, uh, uh, Florida home buying uh, habits or whatever. Too busy uh, checking if the, you think the media's done enough coverage or not on the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. What about this? What about fact-checking these media idiots on the Russia hoax? Here's the one I would demand immediately an apology for from the media. Demand them. Folks, this whole the Trump campaign was in contact with Russian intelligence is bull. It's bull. This is a made-up story. They keep using this guy, Konstantin Kalimnik, who Paul Manafort, Trump's one-time campaign manager for a brief period, was in contact with. And they keep saying, look, Manafort was in contact with Kalimnik. Kalimnik was Russian intels. Everybody get that? That is the basis by which these idiots still to this day claim, well, you know, the PP tape may not be real, but collusion was possible because the Trump team was in contact with Russian intelligence. Folks, Kalimnik was an Obama administration source. So if the Manafort and the Trump team was in contact with Kalimnik, who was Russian intelligence, air quotes, then so was the Obama administration. Here, Aaron Mate has details on this right here. He says, here's the one of the rumors that has to be put to rest right away, and we should get a correction for it, that the Trump campaign aides had repeated contacts with Russian intelligence. This was by Michael Schmidt and Mazzotti at the New York Times. Matt Mark Mazzotti. They say, on February 14, 2017, just one day after Flynn resigned, the New York Times fanned the flames of the growing Trump-Russia inferno. Phone records and intercepted calls show that members of Donald J. Trump's 2016 presidential campaign and other Trump associates had repeated contacts with senior Russian intelligence officials in the year before the election, according to four current and former American officials, the Times reported. That's false. That is false. Retract and apologize for this nonsense story immediately. The guy they're talking about is this Konstantin Kalimnik. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know I brought this up a lot. Why? Because this rumor that the Trump team was in contact with Kalimnik, who was rushing in, or Russian intel, continues to float around. Here, Mate points out the fact that if this guy's Russian intelligence, and someone explain this. Here, bullet point one. That Kalimnik had shared this same publicly available polling data he allegedly got from Manafort with Americans. It was public polling data. That the FBI still doesn't deem Kalimnik a Russian intelligence officer. Instead, claiming he has unspecified, quote, ties. So he's a Russian intel officer who got public polling data from Manafort that Manafort gave to others too? But he's a Russian intel officer that the FBI doesn't deem a Russian intel officer? And you media idiots still reporting this? Oh, it goes on. As I've told you a thousand times now, Kalimnik had been a longtime valued State Department source, even in the Obama administration. Weird, huh? Thought he's Russian intel. That Kalimnik had traveled to the U.S. on a civilian Russian passport, not the suspicious diplomatic passport Mueller alleged without ever producing it. And even the Senate Intel Committee was, quote, unable to obtain direct evidence of what Kalimnik did with the polling data and whether that data was shared further. Folks, the story is a hoax. 
The media should apologize and retract immediately for this story. There is no evidence whatsoever of any Trump campaign official cavorting with so-called Russian intelligence. Kalimnik was an Obama-era State Department source. They're just making that story up. The FBI doesn't even deem this guy a Russian intel officer. My gosh, man, get your heads out of your collective rumps. It's disgusting. I'm very proud to say if you listen to this show, you're on the right side of the truth. You've known this the whole time. Mate's piece is great. Debunks and more Russian nonsense as well. Check it out. It's worth your time. Let me get to my the sponsor. We got Truth Time with Thomas Sowell on the damage the Federal Reserve is doing with inflation right now and the printing of all this money. Important. Don't go anywhere. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Truth Time with Thomas Sowell. That's a geese special right there. Thank you, folks. <laughs> I love True Time with Thomas Sowell because Thomas Sowell was my mentor, whether he knows it or not. Mentor, you knew him? No, I didn't know him. Never met him once. But I've listened to just about everything he's put out there. I read his uh, one of his dissertations. I just love Thomas Sowell because no one explains economics better than the great legend Thomas Sowell. I've been trying to get him on my Fox show, but he's doing limited media appearances these days. He's getting a little up there in age, and uh, I understand. Uh, you know, he's done a lot of time to do a lot of this uh, stuff. But I love Thomas Sowell. He has been my ideological uh, lodestar for my entire time studying conservative economics uh, and, and, and sound liberty-based economics. Here's a Thomas Sowell appearance where he discusses the role of the Fed and the printing of money and how this leads to inflation. This is the problem I have with liberals. Like I had no Miki Constant this weekend. They don't understand basic economics or they do and they lie about it. The reason we're in an inflation crisis right now is because people like Joe Biden, the left, and to be candid, swamp rat Republican rhinos, too, are spending money the government doesn't have. Well, the common sense question you would ask on this show is, Dan, how is the government spending money it doesn't have? It's got to come from somewhere. In other words, if the government's paying a contractor to build a bridge, they're giving the contractor money. But if the government doesn't have the money, where'd they get the money to pay the contractor? So the government does this slick, little, disgusting, little stunt, this accounting gimmick, because that's what it is. It's a scam. It's a big generational Ponzi scheme is what it is. The Treasury issues a bond and says, hey, somebody buy this bond to give us money, right? You know what a bond is? You give uh, the bondholder money. They give you a bond. They give you back the money with interest years later, right? Right, right. Mm -hmm. That's pretty simple stuff. The government does that. They issue these Treasury-denominated debt notes. And what happens? Who buys them? You may say, oh, well, people are giving the Treasury money, lending the Treasury. Yeah, they are, and so are foreign governments. But one of the biggest buyers of these Treasury bonds is the Federal Reserve. Yes, our own network, our Federal Reserve, that it's not a government entity. No, it is. Cut the crap. It is a de facto government entity. The Federal Reserve can just create money out of thin air. You know, your dollar bill, if you look at them, it's called the Federal Reserve Note. They can create digital money or paper money out of thin air. They don't need your permission to do it. They then create it, and then they go and buy the Treasury bond from the Treasury, which gives the government... Fake money. Dan, it can't be that easy. It is. That's exactly what happens. And when you create fake money, you create more fake money to chase fewer products, which makes the products more expensive. It's not hard. $100 chasing 100 products, they can fetch a dollar each. $1,000, they can fetch $10 each. That's called inflation. It was $1, now it's $10. Here's Thomas Sowell beautifully explaining here 
how the Fed's printing of money and buying all this stuff is so pernicious and dangerous and how who it's really unfair to is seniors and the poor because they're the ones who get screwed when the value of their money goes down because seniors, many of them can't get back into the workforce and get an inflated salary. They're stuck on a fixed income. Check this out. By keeping the interest rates low, they're, they're, for example, depriving a whole generation of a decent return on money that they saved, which would normally go into the marketplace and earn them a decent rate of interest. But now the, the Federal Reserve is uh, keeping the interest rate low, and so they won't get it. And that's, unf- that's unfair primarily to older people. That, that's true, but it's more than unfair. It's a, it's a, it's a bad allocation of resources. If, if, if someone wants to set up a business and is willing to pay 5% uh, for, for money to do that, uh, uh, and the government comes in and, and follows a policy that brings it down to virtually zero, then the, then the uh, investments will not go where they would have gone ordinarily in a free market. So they're messing around with the whole system of price signals, yes. and, and who knows the misallocations that yes. are taking place. Yes. All right. You understand what he's saying there? It's very simple. The way the government controls interest rates in the market keeps the interest rate low. So if you're a senior, right? And you have a savings account you're living off and you're expecting 5% interest. You're not getting that now. You're barely getting 1% interest. Why? Why? Is that because there's no demand for money? No, nonsense. What the Federal Reserve is doing is when the Treasury prints one of those bonds or digitally creates one of these bonds, right? They would have to give an attractive return for people to lend the money like anyone else. If Joe's running a computer company, wants to borrow money and issues a bond, and the company and, and people want to lend Joe money, they're going to say to Joe, hey, Joe, you don't have a lot of experience in computers, so factoring in the risk, we're going to want 8% interest. They do the same thing with the Treasury. People are saying to the Treasury now, hey, you guys have all this debt. Are you ever going to pay this back? That's pretty risky. I'd like 5% interest. The Treasury doesn't want to pay 5% interest. They want to keep interest rates low, free money. So what do they do? Joe, it's pretty simple. They say, hey, Federal Reserve, being that no one's going to buy our, our, uh, our, our, our bonds here, and we're going to have to pay an inordinate amount of interest to get people to buy our bonds, will you just come in and buy them on the super cheap, and we'll give you almost no interest? And the Federal Reserve's like, yeah, sure will, Shaggy. That's how this happens. That's how these Federal Reserve notes, I mean, excuse me, that's how the Federal Reserve controls interest rates and keeps the money, the interest so low. That's why you can't get a return. That's why if you're on a fixed income, your money's worth crap. Can't last forever, folks. Eventually, the Federal Reserve printing money to go buy bonds to keep interest rates low results in an explosion in money in the economy that results in inflation and the value of your dollar going down. It's happening right now in front of your face, and they are losing control of it, as Jerome Powell said earlier. This is a very, very dangerous time. All right, make sure you listen to the radio show later, folks. I appreciate how Michael Knowles on. And uh, tomorrow, I got to take a note on this. I want to get this uh, this China space war heating up. I'm going to take a note. It's just an incredible story. I need some time on it tomorrow. But there is a space war going on right now. Not, I'm not talking about Star Wars. You know, Guy's a big Star Wars fan. I'm talking about like, Skywalker or the Mandalorian or anything. There's an actual space war going on between China and the United States right now, where China and Russia are developing these sophisticated satellites with like hooks and arms that can pull our satellites out of orbit. Ladies and gentlemen, that goes down, our satellite network, we are in deep trouble. You will be in a blackout like the Stone Ages. You'll be rubbing sticks together to get fire going soon. It's a shocking piece of journalism by the Washington Post that once in a while uh, 
maybe gets a story right. I'll, I'll talk about that tomorrow. Please subscribe to my show on Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino. We're almost at 2 million subscribers. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. See you on the radio show later and see you here tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.